please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hey friends, and welcome back. I have some news that may or may not be good news or bad news. I don't know. It depends. Um, So as y'all may know, unless this is the first episode you're tuning into, if it is, then welcome. Otherwise, welcome back. And either way, I'm glad you're here. I am preparing to take maternity leave. I am currently 37 weeks pregnant, so that's technically full term. My due date is still another three weeks off. My first child was a week and a half late, so... There's no telling, really. Um, I like to go into labor naturally, so I could have a baby next week or next month. Who knows? It could be a month from now, probably at the latest, or very soon, very much sooner than that, that I'm going into labor. There's really no telling. But with that in mind, um, I'm super tired, <laughs> and things keep happening with my toddler and sick days and COVID exposures and quarantining and and things that have just put me super behind on my work schedule. So even though it was my plan to have this podcast have a bunch of episodes pre-recorded and ready to release, I have one extra episode ready to go out next week because every time I almost got ahead or every time I did get ahead, I would have to take two weeks off because my kid's daycare was closed or something and I was just never able to do the full six weeks ahead and I am releasing myself from that expectation now. So I have decided finally, uh, made the final tough decision for myself to let this podcast take a pause, which so there is one more episode to come out next week and I will record more if I have time, you know, like if I don't go into labor very soon or whatever, um, I just, by, by saying I'm releasing myself from the expectation is saying, I hope I'm setting you up for the expectation that I may not be back on this podcast for about two months, but I suspect I will be back with some surprise episodes between now and then. It just won't be on a weekly basis like I had originally planned. And so with that in mind, the reason I'm doing that is so that I can focus on my other podcast. It's an astrology update podcast. It's called Yogi Scopes um, because that one's more time sensitive. This one, like you, they're evergreen, these episodes. If you're new around here, you can go back and binge some old episodes. You can check out my other podcast. You can join my Facebook group. Um, and I also plan to be doing wisdom talks. So that is linked in my social media links in the show notes of every episode, um, or every episode since I started using it. So the most recent episodes, um, so you can find that there. It's a social audio. It's kind of like clubhouse, but it's directed only at like kind of spiritual things. So it feels a little less noisy to me than clubhouse. So I will be there because that's a lot less formal and a lot less resource intensive than putting up a podcast episode because the podcast episodes, most of the time I record in one take, but it takes a little extra steps. You know, sometimes I edit a little bit. I have to write show notes. I have to upload it. And those are just extra steps. And wisdom talks, I will probably 
talk about some of the topics I had planned as episodes because they're really good topics and they will still be timely. Um, like, so I have some things going into the spring equinox, so I will try my best and normally I'm kind of an overachiever. Um, so I will probably get some episodes out. I just don't want you to count on it. And I want to model some things I've been talking about, like releasing ourselves from things that are just too much and never means it's a bad thing. Like sometimes we have to release things that we really love because it's just too much at the time. And that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good thing for us. Like having this podcast, I love having this podcast. I enjoy it. I'm glad you're here. Um, and it doesn't mean we can't come back to it. I am absolutely 100% planning to come back, but my sometimes plans change. And so I'm releasing things so that I can wind down for maternity leave because I realized I was, I I noticed this the other day that since November, I have gotten half of each month in work days in of like work days. I thought I'd be able to work between holidays and kid sick days and COVID exposures, having to quarantine, daycare being closed, things like that for the last since November. So that's like four or five months now I've gotten like half the time to work that I thought I was going to. And so that's why I'm behind and it just is what it is. And I can feel bad about it and I can continue to stress myself about it. Or I can say, this is what I'm up against. I'm really grateful that you're here. I hope that you'll hit the subscribe button, um, on your podcast player or the follow button or whatever, so that you get notified when new episodes drop or, you can join my email list because I'm, I normally, I don't send out many emails because I hate emails. I hate getting them. I hate being spammed. I don't want to be spammy. So I, I don't normally send, I send out like maybe one email a month. So that's another way things are shifting and changing for me. I'm releasing myself from the expectation of making my email broadcasts like really fancy with pictures and everything. So you might just get a little note from me every once in a while. Like, you know, maybe I'll update the email list when the baby's here and you'll get a cute baby picture or something. I don't know. Um, but it'll just be a little short note to update you. Um, I'll probably send out an email or maybe I won't, but I'll try to, if I do drop a surprise podcast episode. So the ways to stay in touch with me other than this podcast is what I'm getting at are either follow, follow or subscribe to the podcast. So you get notified when an episode drops since it, I'm telling you now that it won't be on a regular basis anymore. So you don't have to just keep checking back. You can just get notified or you can keep checking back. Um, It doesn't like, I don't care if you follow or subscribe or not. Like that number doesn't show up anywhere. I don't even know if you do or don't. So it's purely for you to subscribe or follow to the podcast Um, or join my email list or join my Facebook group because I honestly probably won't be posting on Instagram much and I don't, it's it's not my thing. Um, so find a way to stay in touch with me. I'm really glad that you're here and I hope that you will stick around when I return. And otherwise, that's all the housekeeping stuff. We'll get into this interview with Jaishree Dow Spielman, who is a yoga teacher and lots of other things. So we talk about lots of good stuff, like some yoga philosophy, some what her dark night of the soul was like, what a dark night of the soul even is, the yoga philosophy um, related to a dark night of the soul, um, just so much good stuff, and how she like runs a business as a homeschooling parent with her partner, 
a lot of good stuff. So just tune into this interview. Enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it like I do. And stick around. There will be another episode coming out next week. And after that, it remains to be seen what will happen. Other way, otherwise, either way, I am so grateful that you're here. Oh, and also, if you wouldn't mind, another favor I'll ask you. Spotify now has a rating system. It used to only be Apple Podcasts that had that. So if you could take a second, if you listen on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop me a little rating, uh, a little star review. I don't know if you can write anything on Spotify, but you can on Apple. Um, That would super duper help me out a lot. I would treasure it and cherish you for doing it. So I'm grateful that you're here. And without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Welcome to another episode of The Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. Today, I'm joined by Jai Shree. Hello. Hello. It's very so, nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. So could you introduce yourself perhaps by starting with your story and whatever that means to you, however much or little you want to say? I'd be honored yeah. to. So bringing a story into a, a piece is always an honor and a gift. Uh, I've been teaching yoga for 15 years and mentoring, but before that, I had another lifetime. Um, I was born uh, outside of Boston, Massachusetts, to an amazing family who I'm super honoring because they're awesome. They're always the first guru, our parents. And I was born into a Jewish family, which was lovely, loved the singing, loved the divinity that I could connect to, loved the spirituality, and started traveling very young because I was an actor and I studied um, for many years in conservatory and I lived a life in New York City, um, traveling, working many shows and many jobs at once all the time. So it was always a bit of an entrepreneur in that way and loved just sharing and being and moving through uh, what we call Shakti or, you know, the embodied divine aspects of, of our many lifetimes you know, we may have lived or this life and sharing and teaching through that modality. But when I was uh, 30, it became really obvious in Los Angeles that it was going downhill. It was uh, becoming completely spiritually, energetically, physically bereft. And um, Mm -hmm. I could no longer uh, allow myself to just be in the energetic downward spiral. But mm-hmm. that is also a dark night of the soul. And a dark night of the soul can come many times in many ways. I was actually born with migraine. So this propensity to be in this torturous, like debilitating pain and throwing up and like, you know, all the things that it is, I couldn't mm-hmm. understand it. My family loved me um, and tried to help. And that introduces the medical world and allopathic and all these things. It didn't exactly introduce ancient rituals yet or medicine rituals, but I would learn that later. And so I knew even in my dark night of the soul, um, that listening to a very deep calling like yoga saves me, yoga saves me would and did. So I pivoted and whether I was ripped out of that situation as an actor, or I was given, 
my new life, I went back uh, to Massachusetts and right away, the divine, however you deem the divine to be, started giving me breadcrumbs towards the most amazing people and team and healers and just moved right into being a yoga teacher in 2006, studying Ayurveda, became a Reiki master, Jivama energy healer. And I was incredibly blessed to travel a lot um, to Nigeria, mm-hmm. Africa, leading eight retreats in India, which I would have never had the nerve to do, but my guru kind of instructed me to. And just sitting at the feet of as many saints that I could find um, on earth in the Bhakti Yoga tradition, as well as embodying you know, the other aspects of who we are <laughs> as healers. And in that last 15 years, I was able to write two books. Um, and the last one I wrote in January of 2020, which is called Soul Ascension, which is basically a book about the pandemic, before the pandemic, for people to deal with it um, mm. as best they can. So we can talk about um, serving in that way. And my husband and I, uh, we've led the Soul Culture Yoga School and graduated many certified yoga teachers, uh, but mostly I mentor now. And that became my focus, and it's called Soul Mapping. And I created an online digital platform called the Soul Mapping Matrix. And that's what I share. Cool. So I just want to savor that a little bit because that was a lot that you just <laughs> said. And thank you. But I want to like, there's little pieces I want to kind of pull out of that. Of course. Um, so can you say a little bit more about what the transition was like for you between acting and yoga? Because I imagine, I mean, I know it was a while ago now, but I imagine there's something in that that is your unique kind of what you share now probably, or maybe somewhere along the way where you found um, the goodness that you share now. What was that transition like for you? What um, Can you just say more about that part? I love how you say the goodness that I have found now. And what I hear when you say that is in regards to your specific question, I ended up teaching And what I teach is how people move through triggers as portals for growth. For Mm. me, I would say for bliss. And I only realize how to speak about bliss by understanding a bit about Vedanta and about yoga, which of course includes astrology and the sciences. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the world right now is very confused about what science is, but Mm. we know, (laughs) we know that, if you study history and you read and you learn and you research, you'll find out that there's always more, not less. And so the path of pivoting um, and what I did in leaving acting and going to yoga was a, was sort of a microcosm of the macrocosm of what the human experience is, which is healing trauma, right? That's part of it. Healing trauma from this lifetime, healing trauma from, whenever something might've happened that we can't even remember in this lifetime and being able in the moment to recognize it and be the sattva, like the witness of it. Okay. Yes. So the witnesser in me can step back out of my own ego and identification and say, holy sh, whatever, like this sucks or (laughs) this is a horrible situation or this is painful 
But when you have a, a repeating trauma like a migraine, you kind of can't get out of it. You have to move your way out of it. And the only way is to go outward in two directions, or at least go outward more even in omnidirections. And in that ability, I was able to see, oh, wow, I, I can see all these levels. I can see that my body is not the only thing here. That's just like third dimensional. I can see like my mind is sort of grasping branch to branch to make a decision. I just want to get out of the pain. But then there's higher. There's like intelligence, like, oh, I know some stuff. I know things. And that's another level. And then out and out and out. So acting was an amazing thing to do. I love singing and dancing. I still can connect to anyone, anytime, you know, singing and dancing and feeling because it's love, it's divinity, it's our true nature. But the experience of it ends at a certain point, I guess is what it is. And when it ends, then what? And so in the pivot to realizing yoga saves me, because I heard that as the mantra at the time, the mantras evolve, but yoga saves me, yoga, yoga, I found my teacher. I mean, I've had many teachers, thank mm -hmm. God, done this, probably not my first rodeo as for you either or any of us, but my teacher, my guru, my Srila Guru Dev, he came from an unbroken lineage that went back just in this life 500 years, let alone eternally. And so I knew yoga had more. I knew it had more and I wanted more. And uh, it was painful. I mourned and grieved not being an actor, but I had to pivot and utilize my talents and serve in a bigger way. Mm. Yeah. So um, is that, I know you wrote your most recent book, Soul Ascension, related to the pandemic, and I want to dive into that, but I'm trying to like stick to the timeline, I think. Um, and I know somewhere along the way you wrote another book called Discover Your Bliss. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me more about that one? Yes. Um, I write books as channeled downloads for free always. And that's funny, download literally, because it's a PDF, but <laughs> uh, more about having, you know, something out there that can support people in a way where they can go back to it and it can be a wake up over and over again, a wake up over and over again. And I always say Discover Your Bliss was definitely my story. And it was, it talks about addiction in various ways. It talks about dark nights of the soul. It talks about pain. It talks about love. It talks about lies. It talks about programming, but it talks about it in a way where how can all my mess become my message? Mm. So basically mm -hmm. it's about writing a love letter to your soul, you know, loving yourself. That's what yoga is. How are you going to love in this moment? How are you going to pivot to love? And so Discover Your Bliss really it touched thousands and thousands of people, apparently. Um, I'll always give my books for free. And it's the way a lot of my clients, and I don't like clients, but students, uh, loved ones, uh, met me. But they are clients also, I guess. Uh, and how I'm able to work with so many um, beautiful people, even people I've never met, uh, especially because I've taught so much yoga in so many places and like hands-on. So that was wonderful to have that experience and wonderful to teach others, but there had to be a, a way in the future. And uh, 
Discover Your Bliss was like that love letter and story and kind of led us to where we could get to, you know, 2020. And that's when I could then share Soul Ascension. So would you say that that book, um, Discover Your Bliss, was kind of like your own cathartic processing of your own dark night of the soul and then applying that to sharing it with other people? Is that kind of what I heard? Yes. Always. Yes. Always a creation in life, I believe, needs to serve. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a cathartic experience for me in itself. I have tons of journals, tons of, you know, social media posts, tons of life, because I'm not so young. And um, I have been able to be honored by creation in various ways. But it was meant for you or anyone in the world who needed it and continue to be that. So it really in itself uh, and yes, I can only hear, see this now because usually I'm just doing the thing, creating the thing, giving the thing mm-hmm. ahead of the game. And if, in that sense, by giving, we, we say in Bhakti Yoga, we actually say die to live almost. Like you have to give to live, right? And that process of rebirth happens all the time. So we're all catching up to each other. So Discover Your Bliss, it was cathartic, of course. It was, it was, it was my love letter to my parents, to my guru, and to my life at the time. It was a, a thank you, actually. And even though it scared people <laughs> so much for me to share so much in it, it is mm-hmm. the gateway that opens up people to know that there's very little I haven't been through in regards to many traumas and many experiences in this lifetime. And that allows people to understand and trust that I can hold them. Right. Yeah, I think that... Uh, that speaks a lot to the kind of relationship between, you know, I think, I think there's a misconception sometimes that yoga teachers, spiritual teachers, whatever, who want to focus on the positive that, that we're somehow like spiritual bypassing. And sometimes that is the case. Right. But I just want to savor that for a moment that like most people have been through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And no matter how they like come out of that, just because somebody is positive or positive seeming has a positive affect doesn't mean that they haven't been through a lot of stuff. It's just something I like to kind of savor and highlight. Um, So with that, another question. So Dark Knight of the Soul, you've mentioned that a couple times. um, And I think I just have a different – I've heard that term before. Mm. It's not one that I use commonly in my own lexicon. So could Mm -hmm. you – Explain it to me like I don't know what it is, please. (laughs) (laughs) We always say, talk to me like I'm a two-year-old. Talk to me like I'm a two-year-old. The word guru is very misunderstood. Since we are yoga teachers, we must not be afraid to speak the language of yoga. Yes? Guru means heavy but it also means from dark to light, guru, dark to light. Darkness, you could call ignorance. We call it avidya. We call it a means against, turning away from light, turning away from intelligence. 
They say the original sin was just turning away from God. That's it. Whoever you deem God to be, however you want to call source, spirit, divinity, no problem. This is not a religious conversation. And this is where it gets messy because Mm -hmm. people are confused. They only see right, wrong, black, white. Yoga is not about just yin and yang, like doing something like this or duality. Yoga is the dancing, the dancing together eternally, right? The goddess and the God, the bliss, the pain, all of it. So it's not spiritual bypassing. Of course not, because there's so much love and there's so much trauma we've worked through. Mm -hmm. I train people to be yoga teachers and have for a long time because we are the sparks. You are the spark of love. And every single person is a part and parcel of divinity and they have every right to show up and share that. And so I love yoga teachers. I love the yoga world, but I also have always been the greatest snob about it and the person who would call it out for what is happening, right? Because anytime there's too much of anything, it gets overworked and overpopulated. And now, I mean, what's happened, we don't have to go into right now, but it's kind of a mess and very sad that this idea of spiritual bypassing is is so misunderstood, but so is this idea of canceling and what that actually means. So let's bring it back. The dark night of the soul. Dark. Gu dark teru. There's a line. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshor unmilitam jinatasma shri guru vena maha. I would say it in most classes. It's very simple. Oh, may the darkness of in ignorance, in may a teacher, my teacher, come and wake me up. Wake up. Right? So in that moment, I don't turn away from God. I turn to myself as divine source, not because I am God, but because I'm part and parcel of it. Dark night of soul means a really bad trip. A dark night of the soul is a night where you can't see the light for a very long time. Mm. It's a process, a trauma, a tragedy, that takes a long time to get out of. That's one way of saying it. That's a good, that's a solid definition. I put you on the spot and you, you came up with a good one. Get I there. like that. Yeah. Um, and there was more in there that I'm like, ooh, do I want to attack that? Do we have time? Um, do I want to derail our conversation in that way? Oh, I, I love derailments. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, yeah, well... Yeah, I mean, I think these are important topics. These are things I focus on a lot kind of on this podcast are like, you know, what really – like I agree. I recognize that spiritual bypassing is a real thing, but I think sometimes folks swing too far the other direction and they get kind of caught up in negativity, right? duck in suffering. I think that is also a real thing. And so these are – topics I like to get perspective on. I like to think through on my own and share about, you know, on my solo episodes and I like to get other folks' perspectives. So maybe we can dig into that a little bit, but I like, I like the, just to close that one thought. It's a good definition of dark night of the soul. I like it. Um, 
And I think we all have them, like you also mentioned, that we can also we can have more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And Rosemary, yeah. may I say, like, while you've got me, use me for you. You know, what do you want to talk about? What do you want, you know, to be inspired by? Um, like, just absolutely. Well, what I'm mostly curious about is how your life experiences led to the things that you have to offer the world now, because I think there's a lot of value in that. Not just for like, if the most of the listeners of the show, I think are not going to become yoga teachers anytime soon if they do, or maybe some of them are already yoga teachers, but I think no matter what, at least my hope is that hearing different people's paths of the hard things they've been through and what they were able to come out on top with um, is very valuable. So it's everything. Yeah. I can tell you that 2021 was the hardest year ever. Not 2020. a lot. 2021. Why? My humble opinion, because if the veil came down in 2020 and all these light workers and people and yoga teachers and parents, especially parents, straight up plain Jane, hardworking, blue collar parents, everyone, the veil came down for everybody. There is no uh, demarcation of someone's uh, divinity or intelligence. We cannot see that. This is just the third dimension, right? So the pivot is everything. How you pivot is everything. And we don't really, we're not focused on yoga teachers right now at all, because that's what it is to kind of be a step, a little bit ahead. It's kind of hard to be psychic. You mean, I don't want to say it like it is, right? Like for a lot of people, because you're ahead of the game. You're riding the wave of what we call vata or air energy, and you're trying to bring it together. And this is a lot what I teach. And I teach this to anybody. I teach these tools and and wisdom traditions and, you know, to anybody and everybody, especially though right now, parents and, and mm. everybody, because my husband and I know, because we also are them, we may be yogis at the foot of our guru and traveling to India and leading retreats. And, but we have a four-year-old and we homeschool and we try, and we also made it through this experience, keeping ahead of the game the whole time. So whatever someone wants to talk about at a time, not right now, but in their life, whatever the pivot they need to work with or the dark night of their soul, it might come from like childhood and trauma, which a lot of therapists, a lot of yoga teachers, a lot of people are into, but that's just like the first level of the soul mapping matrix, just the first level of three, because you have to have awareness and you have to know where you are. What do you see here and feel the third dimension? Then you have to understand, oh, there's more, right? And no one gets away from that. Like the dad who is working on his car in his garage and is really happy in his homestead, all of a sudden leaves and gets in the car and drives an hour to somewhere. And he's in the car and he's stressed and he's, he's doing the thing or he's in the car and he's really happy. And then someone cuts him off and he gets angry. So we all know that that emotion is actually 
also has energetic vibration and frequency that goes out in the world. But if you do know that there is a frequency on the earth, this is just general science, right? If there's a frequency moving on the earth, where does that come from? Well, you could call it radio waves. You could call it EMFs. You could just call it emotional bump ups or trauma, but actually it's the movement inside of us and our greater capacity to understand the gunas or the material modes of nature. Okay. You could say it in Sanskrit, you could do a Bible verse, you could say it in a million different ways, but the material modes of nature of tamas, rajas, and sattva are always present and it um, brings our mood so elevating our mood so that I'm living rajas, by the way, is passion, tamas is ignorance, and sattva is goodness. And if I want to be living in a rajasic mode and get stuff done, then I'm going to attract that. Mm-hmm. If I want to elevate myself, well, how am I really going to do it? And how am I going to practice doing it? How am I going to have a team that supports me doing it? What's the new ritual? That's the second realm of, of soul mapping matrix. And then the top realm holy God, I'm already divine and I'm magic. How am I going to remember that I am devotional, that I am part and parcel of God? Then you have to ride that wave. You have to ride and surf that wave and practice it. So we can talk about that on many different levels. And whoever I meet, I speak with them where they're at. And that's how you do it. And that's how I hope all yoga teachers can do it. Meet where people are at. Speak to the group. And if someone loves and a yoga teacher loves me and I feel it, then they're a good yoga teacher. But if they are bypassing their own stuff and I'm a light being and it's like jarring me, well, I can still love them, but I can hold my container. I might not go back to the class, right? I might not hire them, but I can hold the container if I know they're coming from love. And so I guess in some ways that's mostly what my goal is in life is to meet people in their higher vibrations, love them, serve them so they can love and serve others. Nice. So you kind of started talking about soul mapping and I am excited to learn more about what that is, what it entails um, and dig more into that. But so just moving along the timeline, you wrote your second Yes, second book, Soul Ascension. There weren't any in the, in between that I missed. No, no. Um, Discovery of Bliss. So you wrote that in 2020, mm-hmm. and you kind of alluded to earlier that that was like the natural progression um, at the time. Can you say more about that, what that book is like, what what wow. can be found there, how, where it came from for, for you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, little timeline. Uh I opened my yoga school 2015. We opened Sanctuary Center for Yoga and Healing, an actual brick and mortar studio in 2017. And uh, in November, it was amazing. What a place. People, my beloveds and community and people remember we had so many, like the most amazing kirtan artists and teachers and beautiful people there. And then two months into it, we go lead a retreat to India, our sixth or seventh or eighth, I can't remember, and get pregnant. After the retreat, not in Vrindavan, but uh, Alma is my TMI. So Narayani came through, uh, my daughter, uh, on my 41st birthday. 
So uh, a lot of people are always like, can we talk about how you have babies naturally, uh, how you get pregnant? I'm like, sure. We can talk about reality. <laughs> we can talk about all of that stuff. Um, so we came back and we kept the studio open for two years. So Narayani was born into a yoga studio and amazing and all that. But because of the way the world was going, and I knew that the we knew we all all the psychics, all the majestics, I call them of which many I have not spoken to, but are, we're all connected. All the, a lot of sacred people knew it's been, it was prophesized. It was already there that this great awakening or new earth was coming. We didn't know exactly what it would be, but if you look back at the breadcrumbs, it's like, Holy God. Wow. Okay. That happened. Or that, that happened. I won't say that was pulled off or that was this or was that, but whatever it is, it's all real and it's here and we are dealing with it. All of mm-hmm. it, right? So the goal in living is, well, how, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to pivot? So soul ascension, after we closed the studio uh, in November of, sorry, January of 2019, uh, or December of 2018, we had a year of living at home. My husband took on being the CEO of a completely different mm-hmm. executive type of world and I was focusing on Narayani and trying and just working with clients and mentors and always like planning to pivot into just mentorship anyway. And then we went to Colorado to see my family at the very end of 2019. And on January 1st of 2020, when we were there, I wrote Soul Ascension. I wrote it over two nights. That's how... I write like just when we say cathartic, I'm like, yes, it's, 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 you know, putting it out there, came back, modeled it, put it out there. I think it went out on March 1st. And I think that's mm. when the pandemic was like, uh, it was heating up. Yeah. Heating yeah. Up. But, um, it was very much and is very much a conversation and a story to awaken and enlighten the reality that we are both psychic beings living in a material world and that those two do meet in each person and that mm-hmm. we are all not just ourselves individually as well as connecting collectively, but we're sacred part and parcels of divinity. And we can attune to that. We can wake up to that. We can live that now. And of course, what I teach is being sacred and sovereign. Like, what does that mean? You know, it's different for everybody. Can you say a little bit more about it? What, what it might mean? Like, again, explain it to me like I'm your toddler. <laughs> you know? Everyone has their own language that will match their landscape. You have a language. You are a toddler. And you're an adult, right? You're all of it. All the forms of the goddess. So sweetness and innocence of a child and also the intelligence and desire to grow and learn and serve as an adult. Sacred meaning your majestic or magic or devotion or sweetness. What did you come in with? I I don't know. Many talents, I'm sure. Your talents, your love. These are all always there and they can always be nurtured. 
as well, we are living in this world and we are moving the car or the vehicle forward. And that has to do with our landscape, our mental landscape. So sovereignty is being empowered by the divine. I mean, no one gets to actually tell you what to do. Only when you're a child, your parents taking care of you. And then maybe if you go give yourself to a guru or a teacher and you're in a disciplic relationship and you're taking instruction, yes. But we are sacred and we are sovereign. So there's a lot of people in the world talking about common law or talking about, you know, just very general understandings of our rights and privileges. It's not just a political thing. It's not just about art. It's not just about nature. Even it is, it's about what's natural, but it's about what's inherent, what's inside and what can't be changed. That's sovereignty. So when I teach people that they're both sacred and sovereign, I will give information, of course, from much higher teachers and more wisdom and thousands of years than I did or I made. It's not, I didn't make it up. None of it. But it doesn't matter unless I'm connecting with you, right? It doesn't matter unless we're in joy or love or, you know, happy. Happy to whatever happy might mean for me or for you. Sacred. So that is that what you describe in soul in the book Soul Ascension is like those what things I, and how people can find them or what I describe in Soul Ascension is what I offer in Soul Ascension is an awakening to someone's truth about being sacred and sovereign. What I do in soul mapping is make sure that they know how to embody it. Okay, can you say more about that now? Which one? Um, well, so are the two like, I can say it again. are they, do you use one, do you use the book? Like, are they, are they standalone resources that you offer or do they kind of feed into yeah. each other? Oh yes. That's um, a wonderful question. Uh, I was speaking with someone the other day and they were sharing how my writing, they experience not just through the books, but through every social media post, right? Because I've been sharing on social media for a long time. Every bit of poetry, everything I write, uh, it's never there for anything but to serve the individual and the collective in the moment. So a book is a really big, delicious meal, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will, of awakening to your experience of what sacredness means to you and sovereign means to you. And that's what I offer in a book. And I'm writing my third book now, and hopefully it will be amazing and give everyone so much. Uh, and it's, it's, it's all that, but I cannot teach that from A to Z unless someone wants to learn it fully. And that's how we can do that in soul mapping or anyone does it with Mm. me in soul mapping. I used to do that all the time in individual yoga classes, each one. And I showed up every class. I was throwing up on the way to one class in the car. I never missed teaching. And I taught since 2006 full-time, made a full-time 
business out of it, which is why I opened a school so I could teach others how to do that and not let it be about money, not let it be about greed, understand all the deeper, you know, ins and outs, talk about whatever we want. Teaching people how to be a yoga teacher is not really necessarily where it's at for everyone. So Soul mm-hmm. Map Matrix, my husband and I put together on the timeline you had asked about after the book, because once the pandemic started, we just started leading Kirtan every night at home, sharing, 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 uplifting. So that's what we do, we chant and sing and, and teach that way. And the mentorship had already been going and I thought, okay, this is the portal. I have to serve more people, but I also have to serve individual people. And so soul mapping mentorship is that way. And soul mapping matrix is the map, the guide, the book that teaches people how to do it. I just serve someone where they're at so they can integrate the information and then live it. And that's why we manifested our house, for example, and why we moved so we could do that. You know, it was like, what's the next thing? So. Okay. So now could you tell us, you mentioned briefly that there's like three steps or levels to soul mapping. So could you describe a little bit more? So somebody comes to you for, is it a one session? Is it several sessions? How does it, can you just get into the nitty gritty of how it works? Mm-hmm. I do single sessions. Um, single sessions are available, but it's a three month process. I work with someone 10 times, six power sessions, four laser sessions, I send emails that are connecting with them all every week and I'm meeting with them while they're going through the soul mapping matrix with me. Soul mapping matrix is quite full. It's quite juicy and you can work with it forever. So to be one-on-one and go through each realm together is incredibly helpful. It's divided into three realms commit, meditate, and manifest, which simply means you work through the three phases of this realm, awareness, core desire, choice. You work through the second realm, which is kind of the intermediary, you know, the mind, um, which has to do with your tools, which are many, Mm -hmm. and your daily ritual. And then the top realm is all and always about your divine timing and flow by tapping into abundance, radiance, your desires of, of what is true to your soul and then serve, share and repeat from there. And so when we work together for three months, I make sure we get from A to Z, whatever that means for you. And then you have the online portal forever to go back to. Most people often choose to work with me after do single sessions or you know, repeat. And whether that is for six months or a year or three years, my goal is to get them all ready and feel amazing and then move forward. Usually people bring their spouses in after that. Mm. So is that the, um, you do that with your husband? I saw you you offer one-on-ones and two-on-twos. So I was guessing the two-on-two is you as a couple on. Yeah. And his mastery is so much in the executive world. Also, he has built three companies. He's also a teacher, an amazing teacher. And he worked 
with kids on the autism spectrum, but then he also pivoted to the executive world. So he works with his own innate genius and understanding of what it is to be a musician. He's a cello teacher. And so we bring those things together for the whole family Mm. and hope to serve that way while we're homeschooling our four-year-old as well. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot of cool stuff. Um, can you say anything more about what that's like just being, you know, a family and running a business together? And I know it's, it's probably wild. It's probably fun, but it's probably wild, right? Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, we're artists. Kala and I met when I was teaching 108 sun salutations on, on a yoga day at a big event. And he was playing cello with a mutual friend of ours. So we met as artists Mm -hmm. and yet we knew we were going to grow or maybe we didn't. Um, We have six parents between us and a lot of family generational stuff to work with Mm -hmm. couples do, whether they know it or not. And we have, And so we have had to pivot and jump through really difficult challenges and portals over and over and over again. And luckily we hang on to not only each other, but the instructions that are coming from higher and higher places, which come from many wisdom traditions. Uh, And (laughs) it's been pretty epic, which we didn't want anything different. And so I would say some couples, you know, have a hard time over and over and over again. For mm-hmm. us, it comes in just like one really big year, and then everything is pretty cool. And that recently happened for us. It was unreal. And that was our epic up level. Like epic up level. Yeah. It had well, to happen. I've heard you allude to that in a bunch of ways throughout this conversation where like a great awakening on a collective level, on a dark night of the soul level, like individual collective or partnership level, there's always growing pains, right? You know, like there's just growing pains. Yeah. I I would say from, you know, from my understanding with astrology, which we haven't talked too much about, because I know you talk about that a lot, which is awesome. That one, one snippet to give, if I, if I may humbly to your audience and to your people, if we were to look at the astrology right now, we would see that we're just now coming out of a time where we had to look back and look back on certain time periods. So, you know, at the end of 2021, we had those solstices, uh, eclipses, sorry, double eclipses. Yes, Mm -hmm. also. um, But it was almost like it was mirroring a time in our life. That's what astrology does sometimes. It brings us back to mirror something. Mm-hmm. So if we were to look back and mirror what happened in this 2012 amazing time, you know, Mayan calendar ended and every history, everything will continue to show up if we expand our minds and look at it. That also was mirrored to something that happened in 2003, which then mirrored something in 2001. And then that 2001 was back again, the first world war and so on and so on and so on. So I just want to thank you for using astrology in your world and for everything that you do. Uh, 
because it's one of the only sciences actually <laughs> that is relatable, repeatable, reliable that I say about soul mapping matrix because that's what it is. It's relatable, repeatable, and reliable. And I want to thank you for doing that. Um, and it happens with couples. And mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of people try to or want to help couples and teach them, but they will deal with sort of, oh, that's a trauma. You're going to always have to deal with that. Oh, that's a cycle. And you're always going to have to deal with that. No, no, no. To really clean up the root issue in anything means you have to be radically vulnerable, Mm. radically rip roaring, open your heart and call out vulnerable. And that leads to radical honesty. And that means then there are no more lies, no more, you know, confusions, not on purpose lies, like just like. Right. Yeah. And then there's the, ah, right. That's right. That's that. That's that. Right. So that's part of it. That's part of the work for couples. I'm sure you know and agree. And there's so many levels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like you were mentioning, it's relationship can be a powerful spiritual mirror as well you know, for our own stuff. And I want to thank you for all that you do in that too. And for shining Mm. your light in the world because it's vital. Absolutely. So with all that said, are there any final thoughts you want to leave us with? uh, Things that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on um, before we get to how folks can find you to work with you? I feel good about, uh, just being with you today and honoring you and honoring the work you do and wishing you all love and light and, and joy. Well, thank you. So what is the best way for folks to find you? Best way you like to be found. It's really easy. I have a website, jayshriyoga.com. So just as my name is spelled J A I S H R E E. On jayshriyoga.com, you can learn about the Soul Mapping Matrix. You can learn about the mentorship. You can learn about Soul Culture Yoga School. And you can find me on social media. Cool. All that stuff will be in the show notes, but I like to ask. Some people like to hear it verbally, but you can always click in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. So many blessings to you. That's it for this interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember that you can find Jai Shri at her website linked in the show notes. And you can find me at any of the places linked in the show notes. Like I said in the beginning, just a quick reminder, a couple of the best places to find me, especially once I take maternity leave, will be the Yoga Plus Astrology Facebook group. Or if you're not on Facebook, you can um, join my email list. I might send out some emails. I might not. Just so you know, I'm not... Well, those people that's going to email you every day, I might email you once a month or once a week, like tops. I don't think I've ever even sent an email once a week for more than like two or three weeks in a row. It's just not my thing. I don't know. I, I think because emails bother me so much, I get so overwhelmed by them that I just don't want to be that person. So I, I really think like twice, maybe even three or four times before I send out an email blast 
Um, otherwise, I'm grateful that you're here. Oh yeah, duh, and my other podcast because I will be keeping up with that one. That one is my focus. That's why I'm letting this one kind of fall to the wayside. It's happened before. I like in March of 2021, my son's daycare closed for a month. So I accidentally took a month off of podcasting and that was an accident. And this time it's on purpose, and so I'm telling you about it so you can know how to stay in touch with me. I have a lot more episodes out you can go back and listen to, re-listen to your favorite ones, um, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you, and yeah, have a wonderful day. Keep in keep an eye out. There is an episode coming out next week. This isn't the last one for an unforeseen amount of time. Um, so there is an episode coming out next week. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow or whatever button you'll get notified if any surprise ones come out after that before I come back from maternity leave in probably May April or May it could be who knows depends on childcare because shit's whack these days um so anyway take care remember to keep always keep your feet on the ground your head in the stars and stay in the light I'm so grateful that you're here until next time